Imagine, if you would, that you are a parent. For many of you, you don't have to imagine pretty hard. It's already true. But imagine you're a parent, and your son uh, does something he's not supposed to. Maybe you see it happen. Maybe his sister tells on him. You know what he's done. And you go to talk to him about it, but he's kind of like trying to keep his distance. And then when you find him, he pretends like it didn't really happen. He pretends like everything's fine. And when you start to ask questions about it, he tries to do all sorts of things. Uh, first, he tries to say, well, it wasn't really wrong because, and he tries to rationalize it. Uh, or maybe instead, he tries to blame his sister. I only did it because if she did this, or maybe he makes excuses. Or maybe he knows that you really like Cardinals baseball, and so he just starts talking about that, hoping you'll forget about the thing that he did. How would you respond to your son if he was doing those kinds of things? What would be going on in your mind and your heart? Just take a brief moment to consider. What would that be like? Now let's consider a different scenario. Pretty similar, son does something he's not supposed to, you know about it, but instead of all those other things, he comes right up to you right away, tells you what he did, and said he was sorry. And you can look at the expression on his face and you know that he's sincere. Now what kind of a response would you have to that? Probably it would be more loving, more compassionate, more favorable, more merciful towards him uh, because he's owning his mistakes. He's admitting he's done wrong and he's trying to make up for it. He's trying to be reconciled to you by coming to you right away and telling you right away, here's what I did and I'm sorry. And you know he means it. Sometimes for us in our own lives, our own spiritual lives, we tend to be more like that first scenario where we don't want to really go to God, we try to pretend like it didn't happen, or we try to excuse ourselves, or we rationalize why we did what we did, or we try to blame someone else. And God just wants us to come back to Him. He just wants to, to pour out His love upon us. He wants to heal that wounded relationship. And really, relationship with God, that's what our faith is about. God the Father is an excellent Father, the best of all fathers eager to forgive us if we would seek out that forgiveness. But sometimes, like little kids, we don't even necessarily realize what's wrong, or we don't really think through everything, and we do things that we're not supposed to, and we just didn't really think about it before. Well, God, in his mercy, tries to make it easy for us to know what's wrong. He tells us. In our first reading, God reveals the Ten Commandments. Now, if we were um, in good relationship with God and loving others as we should, it wouldn't have to be explained to us all of these commandments. We would just know how to live that life of love. But because we're wounded, because we're fallen, because we have a tendency towards sin after original sin, we need help. We need to be reminded. We need to be told what's wrong and what's right so that we know the difference and we can follow God as we ought to. Our religion is not about do's and don'ts, it's about relationship. But relationships have boundaries. Relationships 
have the rules as part of how is it that we are to relate. How are we to relate to God? Well, he tells us the first three commandments are about our direct relationship with God. If we think about each one of the first three, it's all about God. That he's the only God, the first God, the one that we need to have above all else. That we're to honor his name, that we're to treat Sunday, the Sabbath day, as a day of rest, a day to be with God. The first three are about our relationship with him. And as you listen to the Ten Commandments, as they were read to us in our first reading, you probably noticed he had a lot to say just about those three. But then when he starts talking about how we are to relate to each other, how we are to interact with one another, those were very short. You shall not steal, you shall not lie, all these other things. They're very brief. He doesn't go into a lot of detail. Why? Because... Our relationship with God is more important than our relationship with each other. How we treat each other affects our relationship with God. Again, we can think about what it's like to have multiple children. How they treat each other, that affects how you relate to them, right? If they're treating each other well, you're pleased with them. If they treat each other poorly, not so pleased with them. Still loving them, but wanting them to change their behavior. And so it is in our relationship with God. Our direct relationship and our relationship with him through each other. Three of the Ten Commandments are about our relationship with God. The remaining seven are about how we relate to one another. Jesus, when he comes and he establishes the new covenant, he expands upon the ten. He adds to it to make it even more clear, even more explicit to us, how we are to love God and love each other and love God through our love for each other. He helps us to know these things more clearly. But because we are fallen creatures, because we have a tendency towards sin, we need to be told right and wrong. Because we have a tendency to rationalize. We have a tendency to blame. We have a tendency to excuse. We have a tendency to distract ourselves and others from what's actually right and wrong. We have a tendency to run away from the guilt of our sins rather than admit what we've done. But the Lord wants that relationship with him to be healed. He wants that relationship with him to be restored. He wants us to to try to remove from ourselves, from our hearts, from our minds, these sinful ways, these ways that are not truly loving him and loving each other. We see that Jesus has a particular zeal for his Father's house in our Gospel passage. When he sees what's going on in the temple, he gets very upset about it, and he drives out the money changers and the people selling animals. Why? Because the temple is a place of prayer. The temple is a place for relationship with God. And yet, they're turning it into a place for a false god, a false god of greed. How can they get the most out of their money? How can they get the people to spend more How can they make more off of this one animal? Jesus drives them all out because they shouldn't be there. Sometimes we in our hearts, we have an attachment to sin. We have a tendency to focus on the things we shouldn't. But our Lord calls us to have that same kind of zeal to rid ourselves of those tendencies. To clear out our hearts. To make room for that relationship with God that he wants us to have. 
to be set free from those sinful tendencies, to be set free from the guilt of our sins, to take our sins seriously and work towards uprooting and removing them with a similar kind of zeal that Jesus had for clearing out the temple. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Are we having room in our bodies for the Holy Spirit? Or are, or are we cluttering ourselves with lesser things? Do we have false gods there? Are we focused too much on the world such that we're excluding God from our hearts and minds? Brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord invites us to return to him, especially in this Lenten season, to try to focus on how we can better establish or, re- or heal or come back and restore that relationship with him. In a very special way, our Lord calls us and invites us to say we're sorry to him in confession, but also for us to consider how we can change our lives, turn away from our sin, and return to the Lord. So let us, in this next moment of silence, reflect upon how we can do these things as we prepare to meet Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist. I just wanted to add, it's also helpful for us to better understand what our sins are to use, what's called an examination of conscience, a series of questions that prompt us to reflect and consider what sins we may need to confess. And so we do have different versions of the examination of conscience available near the main entrance and near the confessional. I hope that all of you will take the opportunity to be reconciled to the Lord this Lenten season. Thank you and God bless. Also, one more thing, we do have a special Lenten confession opportunity at our parish on March 11th, 2024. It's a Monday where parishioners can come to confession to me or one of the three other priests that will be there. It's from 7 to 8 p.m. God bless.